What is the crack, everyone? You're welcome along to another episode of Unplayable. This is Con, and I'm joined by Joe and Cooper to talk all things golf for another week. Um, Matt Fitz took down Jordan Spieth in a playoff at Harbour Town in what was a cracking tournament, to be fair, with an absent Rory McIlroy. Um, and we've got the big one this week with Liv Adelaide, baby. I have uh, managed to schmeagle myself a media pass for the event which uh, shows that they must be desperate for coverage. But uh, for anyone new to the pod, Joe lives in London, Cooper and Dave are in Ireland, but I'm in Melbourne, which is only an hour's flight from Adelaide. So I'm going to get myself up to Adelaide where I'll have a few beers, watch some golf and hopefully ask Greg Norman a few questions. So any questions you listener can think of, uh, message us on Instagram and I promise provided it's a funny question, I will ask Greg Norman. Um, but Joe, I have to start with you. Um, you did what looked like an incredible golf trip in Scotland, playing the old course, Carnoustie, and one or two others, including North Berwick, I think. Uh, tell us a bit about it. Yeah, yeah. Had the, had the trip of a lifetime at the weekend um, up in Scotland uh, playing golf, which is just obviously known as the home of golf. But uh, yeah, lived up to expectations completely. Um, we we had we had a couple of few days golf booked as you said. Uh, Carnoustie, uh, the old course, North Berwick. Uh, a couple of lads played uh, Ely Golf Club as well, which is a bit of a hidden gem, I think, as well, and a bit less pricey than the the more known, better known ones. Um, but yeah, there was a group of group of six of us, so kind of had two, three balls every day, um, and obviously kind of ran a little bit of a uh kind of comp over the few days which i i didn't come close to winning um but uh yeah so we we planned this a few months ago um like kind of back in probably like october november time and uh like we we could get tea times in carnoustie in north berwick um just about they were they were all selling up at that point you kind of need to be you kind of need to be on the ball with these um, and we're in off season as well. Obviously, kind of most of the Americans come over in the summer, so we're in the kind of like pre summer, which is which is good. And also the rates are a bit better. Um, we had that booked, but the old course, even though we knew we were going six months in advance, we we were absolutely perilous in terms of being able to book anything. We were we were completely reliant on the ballot system. So we kind of set aside two days where we were hoping to play it um lads entered on the tuesday for the thursday didn't get it um, what, way is it, what way does it work do you like just rock up to the pro shop in in st andrews and like what like enter your name with the pro or what, what no it's, it's, it's quite easy you all you do is go onto their website um and you just go and submit a basically a form i suppose um a, a request form basically it opens two two days before you're kind of looking to play and then it's open for like 12 hours or something and then it closes at two so let's say we on thursday we entered it and at two o'clock on thursday afternoon for this this is for the saturday 
um, it closed at two, and then you just sit and wait. And uh, half four, the results kind of roughly around that time. The tea times are just released. the The timesheet is just kind of made public with the with the uh, results, and everyone can see it. It's because it's a, obviously a public course. You can see who's playing there every day. Um, so there was only I think there was around there was around 30, 30 tea times on the Saturday, um, and we were, yeah we we fully didn't expect the lads didn't get it on the Thursday, um, we didn't expect it, but then. Lo and behold, um, ballot results come out at half four on the Thursday afternoon, and there's our names, three of us anyway, um, at 7, 7, 10 a.m. on uh, on the Saturday morning, which was uh, which is a nice surprise. Um, because the so your other option then is so there's kind of three options. You book like a year in advance for the old course when they get released, but they get snapped up very quickly by kind of I suppose anyone that knows exactly when they're going, and then. I think these tourist companies kind of where you get a lot of people paying packages, they'll kind of snap to open and then they'll charge premium, obviously, on their kind of bulk packages. Um, then the third, the, the ballot, obviously, and then the third option is you turn up at 2 a.m. the morning of the, the day you're looking to play and you queue. And lads are there every morning. There's, really? There's yeah, so basically... The queue starts at any time from, I'd say, 12, 1, and then around, I think around 5 a.m., they open up the the hut, and it's just a queue going around, and you know where you are. You know where you stand when you arrive, obviously, and uh, they kind of tell you, yeah, there's a tree ball going out at 8 a.m. There's a spot with them if you want to jump into it. You say, yeah, I'll take that. And if you take a spot around 12 or 1 that afternoon, you can obviously, you know, if it's 5 a.m., you can obviously say, yeah, that's me. Go back, get a five-hours kit. And, uh, and and turn back up for your tea time. So um, it's uh, it's a hardcore way to do it. But if you're in town, it's um, I'd say it's worth it. I think we would have done it on the Saturday if we didn't get the ballot on the Thursday. So, yeah, like that. Even the that's how the no laying up guys got out in St. Andrews. Like, I love uh, the way it's so completely. Like, it doesn't matter who you are, unless you have a booking or you obviously pay a crazy premium with a travel company. Like, it's 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 fair yeah. ball for literally anyone that wants to play it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of equal access, I suppose. And I watch I watch that actually. They um they do a good piece on 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 the course. Um, but yeah, we got so we got a guy that was so we were three ball lucky to get into the ballot, and then a guy that queued up from like four a.m. an Aussie guy, real sound. He um he joined us, so um he was. And he he arrived at four and he was 18th in the queue. He was saying, so um, but he did well. He was he was he was he was happy when he got out. So um, yeah, like phenomenal. Standing on that first tee, the nerves were they were they were they were high. Let me tell you, how wide is the fairway? Like, is it well? It's, you could on the right, couldn't you? It's very wide, but I've missed wider targets uh, like many <laughs> times. Um, you can. I would say you could miss on the right easily enough, but a bit of a snap hook now, and you're probably you're probably smashing through someone's windscreen. Um, probably after a few bounces, to be fair. But um, the good thing was that I think in summer you'd probably be with a driver in danger of reaching the the kind of burn that runs across short of the green. But we need like the kind of damp on the fairways um, at that time of the morning, especially, so we could kind of just get the biggest face possible. And just kind of, you know, hope to hit it somewhere. 
Um, the only man, the only man to ever miss it left was Ian Poulter in the Open. Oh yeah, last year wasn't it? Well, in a pro event anyway with an iron. Um, yeah, absolutely, it's snap city. Uh, but it normally is a low iron and a wedge. Like it's not, it's not a massive hole. It's just no, yeah, it's not like yeah, like, yeah. intimidating. I'd say is it. It is, yeah, exactly. And you're kind of standing there, like it's just got all that history, obviously, about it. You're standing right in front of the RNA building. Um, and even at 7 a.m., there was 30, 40 people just kind of like, you know, between everyone from the queue and the next guys on the tee and the starters, and just just generally people walking around the town. It was such a nice morning as well. So um, a lot of people were out. Um, you've and just always got a crowd. Did you hit a good one? Hit a good one, yeah. Somehow hit a good one. In fairness, we all did. We all we all hit good ones down the middle, um, and that was that was really even. Um, I'd say it. I'd say it genuinely is like as in as you say, in thirty to forty people around the tee, like it's thirty to forty addicts who are yeah. literally living living a dream. Mm. Like I'd say it's an unbelievable buzz. Yeah, yeah. Like literally, everyone standing on that tee is delighted because they've either gotten into the queue or the ballast, and they're just delighted with life. They're like, and and the, the starter knows it as well. Um, I mean, she has the best job ever. Everyone's just buzzing when when they yeah. arrive on the first tee. Um, but yeah, it, it like the course. Like I obviously kind of heard that it's it it's kind of falling behind the times, but a, sm- a small bit. But the, I I was so impressed with it. The especially the greens. The so there's only four single greens, and then the other fourteen, the the seven seven double greens, I suppose. Um so like they're insane. Like if you miss in the wrong area, you're absolutely done. Like they say, like the pros will eat it up, but for amateurs, like you could still shoot, you could still shoot a high score um easily going around there. Um the misses left all day, except on nine and ten. Uh you remember Larry last year made those back to back eagles um in the oh, open. Yeah. Yeah. He chipped in that that the the part short par fours. Um but yeah, you just gotta you just gotta pull it all day um so but yeah the there's 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 obviously so much history around it the 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 last few holes are are great as well the road hole is is as tough kind of as as it's said to be i would say you you don't see the fairway from the tee and you just see a big hotel that's you know is just waiting to get smacked and obviously has been many times and and uh, then you get to the so so we all we all actually hit decent shots up seventeen, but then the second shot you know you know that bunker lurking left obviously you know deepest bunker in golf, um and then obviously out in the road if you if you push it a bit right so um there's there's a lot how of how far is that second shot in Joe like is it a proper so, form yeah well I had a go I had a good one up the fairway and um I had like one eighty in but it was into the wind. So yeah. it was, it was, it was a good like long iron, like, um, uh, and I kind of clubbed down a small bit, just knowing that you know, if you caught a good one back over the back is dead. Like, there's no, you no shot from that road, no matter That's where. Really the thing was really. yeah, yeah, exactly. Smack mm-hmm. it back off the wall. Um, but yeah, when we got to the 17 green, like, there's people because it's obviously, as I said, public. There's there's this like busload of like 50. Um, 50 guys who were obviously, you know, coming on a golf trip. They were checking out the, the course for the first time. They're probably just off the bus and um, they just congregate around the green. They're basically standing on top of you. Because um, if you imagine that road, like, mm. you, it's just right beside the green. There's just no separation, really. Um, and we 
had a load of excuses for putts on that green um, with the with the crowd that was there. And then they followed us to the AT&T, which is just right beside the 7th. <laughs> and it was a proper gallery. Um, so there's more. There's probably triple the amount that were on the first tee, I'd say, on the 18th. Um, and I just straight straight for the straight for the first tee, left to the left to the green, as far left as I could, cut it back. Um, wasn't wasn't drawing it off the hotel on the right for the for the 18th tee shot. Um, unfortunately, one of the lads took the tiger line, and um, there was there was 50 or 60 gasps as it. Uh, as it sailed towards <laughs> a couple of kind of completely oblivious kind of, uh, walkers, and uh, it somehow missed everything, missed a few car windscreens, and uh, bounced on top of the you know that Rossacks hotel. Oh yeah, how easy is that to happen? I presume on the 18th, like you can cause serious damage there. Yeah, I, 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 it's all. I imagine all the the hotels and bars are all reinforced glass of some sort, and. Um, but there's cars just lined the whole way up. I, I would say I'd be shocked if a car didn't get smashed once a day. The We had a caddy in our group, and he said that one in four people teeing off will hit it in there, will hit it right in there. Because it's like there's loads of room left, but literally it's it's the fairway, and then it's just, you know, it's the town. Yeah, yeah. Um, and tell me this big question. What did you shoot? Shot 80. Um, which was okay. I tripled the the first par five. Is it the fifth? Oh yeah, uh, I think it's the fifth. Um, and it was a Brady hole. I just just went. I think it was my only kind of right drive all day, and was just dead. Uh, gorse. What are, you, what are you playing off at the moment? Um, two, two. Yeah. So, so it was it was just breaking thirty. Um, which was which was okay. It was uh, it was respectable. Um, oh, but... we'll give, you, we'll give you a few a few shots for the occasion. Yeah, huh? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, How, so, so overall, like, so eighty is obviously a decent score, and then you've made a triple, and then you don't know the course or whatever. How, mm. Like it, it, it is quite playable by what everyone says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it definitely is. And to be fair, like the it's it's the greens that are the protection completely, and then the deep bunkers around them. They're there are some places you just can't miss. Um, we had we had a couple of tips from the caddy as well that was with the the Aussie guy that was with us, um, which was handy to have. Um, but it is it is playable. It it is definitely it is definitely playable. Um, like when it compared to Carnoustie that we played the previous day, like Carnoustie is a different beast. Um, Tell us about Carnoustie then. Yeah, so that was. Um, Kind of benign enough conditions in the front nine, but the back nine was into a very strong, very strong wind. And I'd say seven of the nine holes played into the wind, just the way it was. Um, the yeah, the the bunkering there is 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 tough. Hogan's Alley. Do you know that first par five, the the real narrow one? Um, oh yeah. That one is is very intimidating. There's literally there's a fairway, and then all the way up the left edge of the fairway, there's no roll for it. It's just out of bounds stakes. So that's that that'll capture a lot of balls. Um, and there's the, the right there's there's kind of a hazard and, and bunkers there as well. That's that's a cool hole. Um, obviously the 18th is this the the site of the most famous collapse in golf, um, Jean Van der Velde, and, and Harrington obviously almost. 
Harrington was yeah, uh, following in his footsteps. Yeah, I just even for, for for I just had a quick Google there. Like the the Open's been there eight times, and obviously we'd be a bit more attached to it than than Harrington. So like this is this isn't like a side course. This in itself is a bucket list course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, we were we we're lucky lucky to get out on it. Um, the How much are we talking for a green fee there. It was two hundred quid, two hundred quid. But I'd say you can increase that by. Probably eighty quid in about two weeks. Once it hits May, May to to August kind of time is high season, obviously, and they're all they're all pushing three hundred around that time. This time it's kind of one fifty to two hundred. And what about that tee shot on eighteen? Where did you hit it? I hit a nice one actually. There was a wind off the right and kind of just drew it back, and um, so I ended up just in the left edge of the fair, kind of just in the left rough, um, and hit a good. Was it six iron onto the green and two putted? So I was happy. That was that was a good par. Given Very good par. all you're thinking on this tee is like six is average, like just from some of the scores that you're 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 kind of you can remember seeing. Apart from, do you remember the summer two or no? It was probably like four years ago when Molinari won. Mm. They were all driving it because it was rock hard. I think that summer they were all driving it within driver wedge. Yeah, but yeah, it was. Um, yeah, Van der Velde, I don't know what he was doing, to be honest. I was looking at where he hit it. <laughs> just so, just, he had so much room left on a second shot. Um, But, yeah, I think he's... What, what about him. over on the right with the tee shot? Because, say, where Harrington went, like, Harrington missed the water right on the tee shot. Like, how, how far right is that? That's a good miss right. Yeah, that is. <laughs> it was a good, good, a good block, definitely. That was, a, that was an anti-left, because it left is out of bounds. Yeah. Okay. So he was obviously playing the percentages, um, but I couldn't believe when I saw where he did it. Now, in fairness, the, the tee was probably, you could probably put the tee 30, 40 yards back from where we were teeing off on the day. They didn't have them back there. So it was probably, you know, more doable. But yeah, um, he made a great up and down in the end. I looked at that spot where he, where he made it from. It was, that was a very good pitch. Um, but... Yeah, Carnoustie, very good, tough, old course, just, you know, so much history and also just high quality. And we had, we got the best day there as well. So that was mm-hmm. kind of... Makes such a difference. Sort of, yeah, bias, sort of, kind of viewing it. And then North Berry was, was, oh, was, was class well. Sorry, go on, Cooper. No, did you... Um, I, I doubt on a course with such history there is, but um, is there a plaque for Harrington's shot on 17, the five wood, the shot of the year in 20, 2007? Oh, no, that was Birkdale. That was Birkdale, wasn't it? Was that Birkdale? Oh, sorry. Yeah. 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 It was around. I remember years. just even hitting, like, if it's on the, the 18th in the K Club and the 16th in the K Club, McElroy's shots, like, there's plaques down there to recreate shots that you've seen. Yeah. Like, make it's fucking. And the, the one oh. with. And Min Mary and on the 18s with Ben Hogan hitting that shot. It's the famous plaque as well. That's where Rose hit his shot from, wasn't it? Yeah. Four, like around yeah. the same point. Yeah, yeah. put one there for Rose, actually. <laughs> yeah, Dave's here. <laughs> say what Dave's not here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, and the, so the other one you played was North Berwick. What, what was that like? Yeah, that was the one that I knew least about before we went on the trip. Um, I remember last summer Max Homer had played it when he was – when he was up for the open, you know, the way they always play a couple of courses around around the same week just to get kind of honed. And uh, 
he was raving about it. I think he had said it was his favorite at the time. So I knew there was going to be going to be something there. But um, yeah, quality course, the most scenic of all of them. It's up on the East Lothian coast. So it's basically on that coast, you've got just down from you got Muirfield, Gullen, which has a few courses. Um, the Renaissance Club, where the Scottish Open is every year. And and just loads of others. That's just to name a few. There's there's, there's just so many quality courses around around there. Um, but yeah, it's got um, a couple of really distinctive holes. There's one hole where the, there's a wall that runs the hallway up the right side of the green. And you kind of hit your sh- second shot over the wall, but sort of at an angle as well. So it, it kind of pushes you away from the green and away from the wall. And three of the six of us went went right of the wall in the second shot. So you're literally hitting a flop shot straight over wall. Like I had it on my follow through the 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 like impact of the wall. Um, and the green's very narrow as well. So it's a it's a it's a tough one. It's got a couple of those. Um, it's got one green with one of those Beeritz greens. Do you know, sort of like two raised plateaus and then a massive dip in the middle. It's, it's all the same green. Um, it's the sixteenth. It's yeah, probably one of my favorite on it, um, and just just really scenic and but really high quality. I think it was like it's it's two hundred odd years old as well, so it's got a lot of history. Very friendly vibe in the clubhouse as well, um, but again, playable, definitely playable. But the thing about playing golf there this time of year is like links protection is wind, which we didn't have too much of, and obviously long rough. And this time of year, you don't get as much. I feel like some of them would have been a different animal again in the in the in the summer. Um, but yeah, would 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 highly recommend the old course, North Berwick, Carnoustie in that order. Okay, um, would be so would, would be where I the go. Old course, the old course was better than Carnoustie as a uh, as an experience. Yeah, 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 definitely, hundred percent. Yeah, thought so. Carnoustie lacks like. You know where it has obviously top quality design bunkering um and just i suppose level of difficulty um it lacks scenery um sort of like do you know like what you get in tralee and ballybunion kind of cliffs and like and and that's not like every links course can have that obviously um but if i'm going just like the whole package um i'm putting i'm definitely putting the old course ahead of it um, and your points around the place? Yeah, we 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 uh we found ourselves in the jigger in obviously after the um after the the old course that the jigger in basically um sits beside the seventeenth the road hole the seventeenth. So you've always got a few lads sitting there with a few points in them watching your second shot, um yes. which is which yeah obviously adds to the occasion. And um yeah we we had a couple there and then we 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 drove up to we drove to Edinburgh then. Um, later that day, um, uh, after we did the, the, the other ones that done vegan, the jigger in the done vegan, I think they're the, the two that you'd uh, you'd want to you'd want to go, but it's gas like you just like every day you're strolling. Like we arrived up there on the Wednesday, I think it was, and no matter what time of day it is, it is in the town, there's someone's strolling through with golf clubs, um, <laughs> just delighted with life, and uh, and there's golf shops all over it as well, um, so uh. Yeah, no class, really, really, really cool, and um, would would really highly recommend um for anyone that's considering it. Um, you've also, also obviously the West, the West Coast is has some really top quality courses as well, like obviously Troon, Turnbury, the 
Dundonald, those kind of those kind of spots. So you're you've, you're really spoiled, I think, um, over there as we are in Ireland. To be fair, it's unbelievable. Um, I absolutely love that image of just sitting there with the owl lads, like at your own golf club, watching lads come in on eighteen and hit off the first, judging them all. But the jigger is like that <laughs> on steroids. Um, is there is there anything you would have done differently? You made a mistake on, or that you could fix if you were going to do it again. Um. Probably play another day, I'd say. Um, we were just after North Berwick on the Sunday, we were kind of just raring to go. Because um, you kind of think that three, four days golf is a lot by the time you kind of finish up. But um, you're well able and, and the kind of, I suppose, the adrenaline as well when you get to these places, you're just you're just delighted to be there. Um, but I, yeah, I would, I'd, I'd probably just, I would have added another course, maybe like Gullen. Um, or like uh, Crail, uh, which is near enough St Andrews as well. That's meant to be um very good course. Um, but apart from that, no, yeah, that that'd be the only thing. If you don't get the old course, St Andrews, the Jubilee, the New, and the Castle are all high quality courses as well. Which you will, if you don't get in the ballot, you can probably get out on one of those. Um, and that's just a kind of like application system as well. Um, but you can do it after the ballot. Oh, we'll have to get a trip up there. Yeah, very jealous. Um, Right, we should crack on with uh, what happened last week. So we had Harbortown, which was a great venue. I think it's becoming a pretty big event. Obviously, this year it was a designated event, which meant that it had that kind of elevated status officially. But it it is a very cool venue. Um, But Cooper, I'd say up until now, or sorry, up until the US Open, Matt Fitz had obviously won loads in Europe, but had never won in America. Um, he's definitely the real deal. Big win against uh, a very strong field. Yeah, I was looking at this in terms of what he's doing, because obviously with the American commentary, you'll only hear Matt Fitzpatrick, two-time tour winner. And he's won eight times on the DP World Tour, or the European Tour, when it was that. So... Like he's a he's a seasoned fucking finisher. Um I do I am a bit surprised to be fair. Like uh, obviously it's only a second win, but that includes includes a major in the States. But like he's he while he was winning before on the DP World Tour, the kind of step up to the PJ tour, he just couldn't really get it done, even though he was kind of there and thereabouts, or maybe not there and thereabouts, but top twenties, thirties. But it really is in the last maybe two years, like he's always been kind of methodical about tracking every shot and taking notes after every round on kind of trying to improve his game. But he's been very open and transparent about um, adding to the speed element of his game. So like going deep into the biomechanics of the golf swing and how to create more speed, hit the ball further. Not only has he kind of elevated himself on that side, but like you look at this week, and from eight foot and inside, he held 62 out of 62 putts. So his short game is absolutely on fire as well. Like eight eight foot, that might not sound that much. And you might expect the pros to miss a few of them. But like, I think the, the average is probably around 75, 80%. Like if you're taking 60 of them, you're, you're meant to be missing around 10, especially on greens, especially windy conditions in a place like Harbour Town where they're slippery. Uh, so... It was just a, an overall unbelievable performance and to have 
Speed bearing down on you, Cantley bearing down on you. Even Xander laid on on Sunday. It was it was proper clutch golf from uh, from a guy who's been going there every year since he was six. There's cool pictures of him and his family. They used to, his dad used to take them there um, every year, and he said, bar like a major, uh, Harbour Town was the PGA Tour event he wanted to win the most on PGA Tour. So. It was a come full circle, a great story, an unbelievable finish. No one got as close as he did on the third playoff hole to the uh, to the 18th all week. So, like in terms of in terms of um, just really been able to see out a tournament and prove that he's a world class player, he he absolutely did it. Um, well, like yes, he comes. He, <clears throat> so nerdy in everything that he does but like the, the nerdy face assassin like he gets it done i mean he it, the shot he hit out of the bunker on the 72nd hole at the u.s open to win was clutch and then that shot he hit on on the third playoff hole to uh to win it was absolutely clutch yeah like billy there's a great picture of billy foster just before he hits the nine iron looking at the camera like as in I, i'd say he was obviously very nervous but um I don't think he's at all worried about a man who can pull off a shot when he needs to. As you said, the, the US Open was one of the most clutch shots in recent memory in a major um, from the bunker. So, yeah, he's uh, he. Like, I think he's up to eight in the world now. Um, like when you're looking at any other majors now, defending champ of the US Open, uh, links golf back home. Like, yeah, I. I'd say he'd be one of the uh, alongside the likes of Ram and Speed now, especially the way Speed's playing. Like he's he's absolutely on fire in his last few events. I think he's only outside the top ten, maybe top eight uh, once in his last five starts. Like he's been there and thereabouts every week. Fitz, Speed, Ram, maybe throw reliable Scheffler in there, but like he's he's definitely one of the top three, four guys who's going to win a major this year. If you if the bookies are to say about it. Speed is a very interesting one. Like, obviously, he's playing pretty well at the moment, but the the speed of 2015 when he was winning everything, he always looked like he would get the job done, and he was such a good closer. But there's since that meltdown at Augusta, he just is different. Um, he he's just not the closer that he was. He's still going to win golf tournaments because he's a great player. But in years gone by, you would see him get the job done, whereas this is another case where he ran it close and just didn't get it done. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. Like, I, And we obviously had a chat about it a couple of weeks ago, whether, like, and I probably would be guilty of it as well, kind of viewing speed as the speed that was in, in, in 2015 kind of time. But there has been a few chances. Like in Bay Hill a couple of weeks ago, he was he four under four over for the last kind of six seven holes kind of threw that tournament away he was kind of in his in his in his hands at the time and then the was it the valspar then blue and right on 16 obviously um uh into into the water so kind of threw that away now in fairness to him i think he didn't hit a he didn't exactly hit a bad shot coming in on sunday it was more a case that fitzy won it i think in the end Maybe his maybe his second shot to eighteen in regulation play, where he kind of pushed it long right and made actually a really good up and down there. Um, that second shot maybe was a bit poor, but apart from that, like his put in the first playoff hole, 
was just in the middle of the hole until the very last second and somehow finished at dead weight, somehow finished right behind the hole, which was, which is yeah, quite important. The, the thing though with speed is what made him so uh, box office was his ability to do something incredible and agree that like he, he didn't, you know, do anything um, bad, but he used to do special things and he just doesn't mm. do, doesn't seem to do special things anymore. But he does. He's, he's yeah. nearly gone into like the, the posts about speed from like his diehard followers are always hilarious kind of on Twitter on a Sunday because he does what he did on the first and rocks in a birdie from off the green. And then out of nowhere, he'll, he'll three put for bogey. Like it's, it's literally a roller coaster ride. If you're, if you're back and are kind of rooting for speed. Yeah. I find it hard to see him. I think a win is going to have to be like kind of, you know, a playoff or, it's going to have to be, you know, someone else kind of bottles it coming down the stretch. I don't see him doing a Scotty Scheffler and winning by four shots at the players, four or five shots, whatever it is. I think I agree. Like, he's he's not consistent enough probably to to do something like that. But, yeah, maybe he has la- lost the flair. Like, when's the last time we had, a, like, a kind of Jordan Speed moment, I suppose? His his bunker shot last year at the, tra- at the RBC was probably, like, you know, that was that was – Top quality, you almost hold it. Um, but it was it was it was Fitzy that that, that kind of whipped out the shot of the tournament, obviously on the on the last playoff hole, and on the, the that shot to sixteen, um, in in regulation where the flag was tucked front left, and he just pitched it to even Speed was like that was a phenomenal shot. That was just not a flag you go at, um, and it was admirable. But but yeah, um. That's yeah, it it is it is true about speed. Maybe he's he he is not second tier players now because he's not like if you like if you put Ram, Scheffler, you know even Rory probably in a regular PGA Tour event in that position they're closing realistically. Yeah. But 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 yeah, he's he's you know what 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 is it one is it, is it one win in the last two two or three years? I think he won. Yeah, and he was he's he's actually been sitting on a really weird stat for a while now. Um, he would be only the fifth person to ever have 14 PGA Tour wins and three majors before turning 30. Uh, he joined McElroy, Watson, Nicholas, and Woods. And just to, because we're not going to be talking about Tiger today, uh, before he turned 30, Tiger had 46 wins and 10 majors. <laughs> so just kind of. Uh, when you look back on those stats, what we were deprived every, of every and, single uh, stat. Uh, yeah, Tiger's stats are just like different gravy. Um, I want to get to Rory, but just something that was is worth talking about. Patrick Cantley obviously got a hell of a lot of abuse for the slow play um, at the Masters, and he came out in his press conference and said, "Oh, we were waiting on every tee," and he he was. Saying that he wasn't the root of the problem, but fucking hell, he is torturous to watch. You only had to look at Billy Foster's face on a few of the tees, literally with his hand in his face, just like a child at school, pouring off his head, waiting for him. There's one really good video going viral of um <clears throat> I'm not sure what hole it was, but Candley was under a tree. Like you're not getting the green, like you're you're behind the tree. He had a full swing, but like it's a pitch out shot all day. There's no there's literally no Bubba Watson kind of playoff on the Masters angle at it. So it's a six-arm punch. That's the play. 
when you walk up, you know that's the play. And he took just under three minutes to hit the shot. Uh, and the only reason we know that is because there's a lad behind him who started his stopwatch. And his mate took a video of him. And like he, he was about to hit the shot at, I think, 90 seconds and then stood off it again and then went down and stood off it again. Like it's it's kind of like I think the what's what's the, the PGA Tour stance on? I think it's 90 seconds to hit a shot, right? Like it's there's a there is a timer on it and it's just not been enforced. And I'm glad these things are coming out because if you even play championships or like even fucking medals, if you're taking five and a half, six hours around, okay, people are taking a lot more serious and you probably are as well. But if you're playing in a group with somewhere like Matt Fitz, who came out this week and said, I take, I do most of my pre-shot routine while the other guy's hitting, like ready to go, as opposed to this fucking dawdling around, it just has to be penalized. And until it is kind of enforced with a, uh, with a hammer, it's, it's, it's just going to continue. Do you, there is, there is an element of, um, we can't lead out. Is it, um, is it almost intentional at this point? Do you know, like he doesn't, he doesn't care. I, I, I don't think he's, he's, he's slow, <clears throat> like originally intentionally, but he knows that it, it, it really gets on people's nerves. And, you know, he's battling it out with two guys there on Sunday. And if, if it's going to cost them a shot, may, you know, one shot over the course around, you know, could be beneficial for him. That that's yeah. very cynical, but you could be right. I don't know because he's like he's a cold-blooded competitor, and he is like you know pa- Paddy Ice, as we know he's called. Um, or or this week he was called Paddy Iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, and like playing ahead of um <clears throat> playing ahead of Kepka and and Ram at the Masters as well, knowing that they're you know Kepka's notoriously and like impatient and you know not tolerant of slow play i don't know if you remember kepka a couple of years ago with jb holmes in the the final round of port rush open where he just slayed at jb holmes afterwards because jb holmes was one of the <clears throat> he was one of the slowest players on tour as well but no like i think i think he's he's slow um like his slow play was not kind of intentional originally but i just wonder is he kind of is he kind of reveling in it now? Is he, is he, you know, is he using it as a bit of a, bit of a kind of sneaky asset or something? But yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, it, it needs to like Matt Fitz is absolutely right. We need more Matt, Matt Fitz, Matt Fitzpatrick's um, playing. Like even there was one par five there. Um, was it, was it the fifteenth par five? They're playing on Sunday. Um, I think they all birdied it, but Speed was in his third shot from hundred yards. And just as he's hitting it, you can see Fitz is just walking along the side of the green, not even looking at speed. So he just knows speed, like, is just going to, you know, he's going to hit the green from 100 yards and he's not going to care. Um, whereas Cantley was probably back at his second shot, 200 yards, you know, back in the fairway. Um, but yeah, it, need, it needs to be, like, <clears throat> the referees have the power to to control this as well, but they, they don't seem to, they don't seem to care enough. I think... It's damaging for everyone though because it's poor for the viewing experience and it's so messy mm. because they're obviously showing Patrick Cantley as he's about to hit a shot and then he could back off and he could take ages and it interrupts the the viewing experience and they're, they're I'm sure the cameramen or, or, or whoever's directing what's been shown 
to the audience is probably thinking, is he going to hit this fucking thing or not? And should we switch across to show someone else? Yeah, it's, literally, it's, missing, literally missing someone's putt because they stuck on Cantley with a, an iron shot. I know it just yeah. has to be enforced. It's it's fairly simple. Um, there's the, the rules are there for a reason to stop slow play. And with the PGA Tour harping on about the, the product all year, something that's going to damage it has to be addressed. So yeah, mm-hmm. it should be it should be kind of um, enforced. Obviously, yeah, he's not the only one. Um, Rory McIlroy, what the fuck is he doing? Not showing up to this event. I mean, that is such a bad look. Sulking after his master's performance. I mean, look, there's an argument, maybe give him the benefit of that, maybe something happened, but really just reading between the lines here, he's sulking after uh, missing the cut at the Masters. This is a designated event that he had to show up. He's going to get fined something like $3 million for not playing in this event. Obviously, he's been... Uh, all talk over the last year, being the voice of the PGA Tour, and then breaking one of the rules that he clearly played a part in making is uh, it's just not a good look for him. Yeah, like Damon came out, and yeah, I think he was one of the guys that called him out on it basically this week, um, saying like this is the guy who, as you said, has has kind of been the the one of the leaders of the, the PGA Tour resistance and. Now he's backing out of <clears throat> backing out of the well, just backing out of a, a designated event that, as you said, he he helped to orchestrate. Um, but I, I, it really speaks volumes on like how fucking mentally or psychologically weak he is at the moment. Because, <clears throat> like as you said, it's it's the Masters. You're all right. You're going to try and make the career grand slam. You're potentially going to join an illustrious group of players but at the end of the day it's just an event and you're going to have a dozen plus more goals on it where you're one of the best players in the field like it's it's I'd, I'd be very worried about him to be honest as a as a Rory McIlroy fan to see him kind of go he, <clears throat> whatever about the weather on on Friday or Saturday when this round two ended at Augusta and he got out without the media but he's been absolute radio silent since and then obviously skipping it, getting a three million pound fine. The rest of the tour players are like, he has so much money, the three million quid doesn't matter to him. Like that kind of a look is is properly damaging, and um, not just to his brand, but to the PGA Tour's kind of not legitimacy, but like when when this is the guy who's been standing up for you all year, and now he's backing out because he had two fucking poor rounds, and he's sobbing. Not good. Like really, really, really bad. Yeah, it shows, you know, the old Rory McIlroy probably would have, you know, missed the cut, like rarely missed the cut, but would have come back, you know, firing the following week. Um, but it, do, it does show kind of a lack of mental fortitude, as you say, that he's, that he's done that. And it's, it's, it's just a bit hypocritical, probably given kind of how vocal he's been about those who have fled the, the, the kind of PGA Tour and how, like, it's you know it's all about the fan the spectator as well but he's kind of kind of contradicted that i think um by not by not showing up and i think ram came off in a completely contrasting you know positive light as well just saying that you know someone asked oh were you tempted to miss this week because of 
because of your Masters win, you know, hangover from the from the Masters. Um, but uh, he's just kind of like, oh no, if if there was a if, if I was a kid going to this, I'd want to see the guy who won the Masters a few days yeah. ago. And and to be fair to Ram, I he, he, like there's probably a lot of it's probably quite genuine as well. But um, yeah, poor poor decision from Rory. I see Chubby Chandler attacked him as well. Um, his old manager, obviously, um, who yes. they obviously had a. <laughs> There's a bit of there's there's no love lost there, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well Chubby Chandler came out and said that he's made winning the Grand Slam a bigger deal than it actually is. And then he pointed to Roy doing that interview on the course at Augusta mm-hmm. uh, on the Thursday, saying that he shouldn't be doing stuff like that. You wouldn't see Tiger doing that. Now I I actually disagree with that a little bit just insofar as well. Firstly, Rory is not Tiger, they are different beasts in the way they carry themselves and go about their businesses very different from each other and i think it is probably just a little bit easy to point to rory doing that interview while on the course and he just played bad i think the two are not necessarily correlated um but at the same time he didn't get the result that he wanted but um yeah to the wider point on him missing this week he just like rory is a very emotional guy by all accounts um, he does seem to wear his heart in his sleeve. You can imagine after he lost the Open last year to Cam Smith, him getting very down in the dumps. You know, you you remember him crying on live television on the Saturday of um, the last Ryder Cup in Whistling Straits. Um, but it does seem like at the moment it is the what's happening on the golf course is hard for him. I mean, he's no matter how well he plays in between the majors. The only thing that matters for him really is the majors, and he clearly knows that. And as much as he might put up a front to try pretend that that's not the case, um, the Masters means more to him, I'm sure, than any other week of the year will. And um, but it's still no excuse, you know. You'd yeah. made this commitment to come and play in Harbortown, and you didn't do it. It's a bad look, and um, I think he will regret it. He will come out in six mm. months' time and say, "I Definitely. regret." It that no he um he actually is very similar to um kepka in the full swing documentary where they literally filmed him in a time where he couldn't he couldn't swing the golf club um be it because of where he kind of his game was at or because of injury and uh, kepka does say then i can't leave it on the golf course like i can't just walk off a bad round and leave it there it seems to come home with me and when i should be thinking about things like in the show he's talking about where they're planning their wedding and he just can't not think about why am i playing such bad golf what's happened to me and he says as well scotty can go out there and shoot 63 and then they edit it very well and it goes to scotty Sheffer who's walking down to the shop to get a coffee with his wife and is totally carefree because yeah just because his golf is a good place or he's able to really separate the kind of work-life balance for a professional golfer. Uh, but McElroy, as he said, doesn't seem to be able to do that. And it seems to be kind of like a dark cloud over him. So he does, uh, don't want to bring it up again, but hasn't won a major since JP has been off the bag. I think he needs a, he needs a strong character there to help him when he's kind of feeling down and sl- shoulders are slouched walking up the fairway. Yeah. It's, it's hard to know. I don't know what the solution is for him. He just needs to win another bloody major. Not that, um, yeah, it's not, it's not going to be the Masters first, obviously. So, 
you can forget about that now, obviously, for a year. And like Oak Hill, which is Oak Hill's the next one, I think, the PGA. Um, yeah. That should suit him. But I mean, so should Augusta. Um, so we'll see. Anyway, um, so this week I am heading to live in Adelaide. So I'm going to put my money where my bloody mouth is and actually show up uh, to one of these events and see what it's like on the ground. I'm buzzing for it. So um, I had, I've managed to get a media pass because of this podcast, which is absolutely hilarious. They must be um, very desperate for 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 people but having no, said it's not. They've, they've heard you're their biggest fucking fan and they want you there yeah yeah exactly exactly but um there's gonna be big crowds at it it has been sold out so it, it sold out uh originally when they released tickets then they did a re-release and i bought a ticket at that point and it's been sold out again so i know in that first batch they sold i think forty thousand tickets and then they did the re-release so i don't know how many people are going to be at it but um it's I would say it's going to be very different to a lot of the other live events that we've seen purely because, well, firstly, Aussie fans are big sports fans um, and there's a Norman connection. Um, but they're, they've been starved of high quality golf in this part of the world. Um, so people will be flying in to Adelaide from all over Australia to watch this thing. So it's actually going to be a pretty good buzz, I would say. Now, I've never been to a standard pga tour event so i won't be able to compare that i have been to two majors i've been to the open the year clark won it in Royal st george's and then joe and me joe you and me went to whistling straits when jason day won that pga and then i've been to um irish opens and stuff but i i went to the 2019 president's cup in um royal melbourne and it was i would say it was genuinely one of probably the best sporting event that I've been to. Like the Aussie crowd was raucous. They were just shouting abuse at the American players. And it was such a good buzz. And I can definitely see that happening here. Like uh, so much so that Patrick Reed, I remember watching Patrick Reed and he was real like angry and his caddy was real angry at one stage. And then we found out that like a whole later, the caddy had boxed one of the fans and the caddy had gotten booted out of the place and someone else had a caddy for Patrick Reed after. So this like it's gonna be the same thing this week. Like I, I can imagine that the Aussie fans are gonna be uh, they'll be supporting the <clears throat> the Aussie boys Ripper Golf Club or whatever it's called. <laughs> um, but they will be shouting abuse at the rest of them and I can't wait to uh, get in amongst it. Like it is, it's it's they they are taking that what's the saying, golf but louder, like they're trying to angle it as a as a festival, and there just so happens to be a few hours of golf thrown in there in the middle, like between the the after parties, or whoever I don't know if they've DJs or a stage set up at this one, but like that twelfth hole, the party hole that they're kind of modeling off the sixteenth at the waste management. If it's a solo gig that will be absolute fucking carnage. And we we need you in the middle of it. Absolutely down in points, telling us exactly what it's like from the from the layman's perspective. Oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, that 12 toll is going to be very funny getting in amongst. But the funniest thing is going to be if I can get into the press conferences and ask questions to, to the boys. Um, so genuinely, if you're listening and you can think of any funny questions, send them to us. And I will ask this. I mean, 
why not? We're not exactly a serious operation. So the well, video. Me, me, me and Joe back. would like to go to live London. Oh yeah. Okay. So we don't want to tarnish the reputation for that. Um, yeah. Maybe we will. yeah <laughs> Sorry, Joe, what were you saying? About no, I, I saw the, the video of Kevin Nass uh, on what looked like a harness. looked like he was about to do a skydive, but uh, chipping off the Adelaide Bowl. They, did they have some oh, sort of yeah. target or something below? Um, I can't remember what his team name is. Um, but I also saw Greg Norman's comments saying that uh, they've got um, a ridiculous amount of demand, basically. I think he said... Um, he's got a load of players that want to come on board and, and it would surprise you how big the names are. Um, so it's uh, it'll be interesting to see. He kind of sounds like Trump, just just sort of with uh, with how exactly. enthusiastic he is. And I wonder I wonder who that is. Is that like Boo Weekly or is it you know <laughs> legitimately some some good names? Um there could be a spot freeing up if Kepka does does uh does eventually jump ship, but yeah, he's 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 definitely he'd be my my favorite to go, but like it's you fucking nail it there, Joe. It's absolute sensationalism. Like Trump mm. just hype with zero substance. I'd say I'd say it is fucking Bill Weekly. I'd say they might have they might have wrapped in some lad who's just about to go on the Champions Tour and wants ten million quid. Like it's absolute. I, I wouldn't take. You couldn't trust that lad as far as you could throw him. Yeah, he was in amongst the sharks there um, of Port Lincoln and in South Australia. He, he got the, the helicopter himself and Wade Ormsby did that shark diving, which South Australia is known for. There's this spot there where oh, a lot of great whites apparently go, which you would not see me fucking doing. Um, so yeah, that'll be that'll be live this week. Uh, I'm genuinely very much looking forward to it. I think it should be very funny. I will report back in detail with the whole experience of what it'll be like uh before we wrap up we've got the zurich classic from new orleans i think this week um which is an event i don't think uh too many people will find all that exciting it's a slight break from the uh standard routine of stroke play events in the pga tour it is um a team event, team teams of two players, and uh, they'll be doing a mixture, I think, of four ball and foursomes for the week. Some of the notable names playing, uh, Matt Fitz is playing with his brother, Alex Fitz. Um, you've got Xander Schauffele and Patrick Cantlay playing together, Sam Burns, Billy Horschel, Tom Kim, uh, Siwoo Kim. But it's not a massive field. Um, what are we saying, boys? Yeah, yeah there's still still decent money up for grabs. Like it's 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 uh yeah, you can't really call it a, a PJ Tour event or claim it as a PJ Tour win afterwards. It's like getting a hole in one on a practice round kind of thing. But it's uh it's definitely I, I really enjoy it. I think the the kind of you, you see mates teaming up together and obviously the defendant champs, Cantley and Shaufle, uh, are red hot favourites. Um It'd be very cool to see John Daly teaming it up with David Duval, the most unlikely team in golf. Um, so I think you can get that with about five hundred to one if you if you think they can they can reel in the years. Uh, but yeah, the, as you said, a few really good parents. The, the one I really like is Homa and Morikawa. Um, just looking there during the week, Homa is third on the money list this year. He's earned eight million dollars so far 
this season. Like with these designated events and kind of the the, the money been poured into the PGA Tour, like anyone who goes to live for the money at this stage is is just kidding themselves. Unless you're obviously getting a massive signing bonus because the the money is disgraceful. Like Ram and <clears throat> sorry, Scotty Scheffler is top of the lead with 13 million. Ram 12 million. Like the the money is absolutely astronomical if you're competing at these designated events and majors. But yeah, I'm 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 torn now. Unless we're if we're doing the picks now, mm, go for um, it. Yeah, I'm very tempted to go with uh, Joel Damon and Denny McCarthy. Um, so they're playing six places in this event, and like obviously it's essentially half the field size, and there's a lot of like the I think Fitzpatrick came out and said there this week. I'm not sure if it was a joke or not, but his mom made him play with his brother. So like it, it's it's a novelty in a way, but. Like the, the smart money is just back in Schaufle and Cantley, who are both in just red hot form. Cantley literally seems to be there every week. Xander's, I think, eight top tens in his last 12 events, like two lads who are just constantly there. Uh, but I will go, I'll, I'll take a chance on the, the Netflix star um, and one of Joe's favorite players, Danny McCarthy. Um, they're, I think they're 40, 40 to one. So a five reach way on the boys, six places at 40 to one. Okay, uh, I like it, Joe. What are you saying? Yeah, um, yeah. Speaking, sorry, just to the money there. Did you see Speed earned uh, more for his second place this year than his win last year? And not, not, not just more. It was, I think it was two point two million he got for his second place on Sunday, and one point four for his win last year. That just shows you, you know, how far they've come. It's it, it's, it's crazy. crazy. It's it's yeah, it's too much money, obviously. But this is this is what my my whole point around uh live being a good thing, not because live is good, but because of competition is good. And now I don't necessarily give a shit that Jordan Speed makes more money, but it has caused all these changes. So mm. that's why it. that's why you got the media pass, baby. Exactly. So <laughs> give it to me. Sorry, go on. Like, yeah, the players are buzzing live happened. Let's let's be fair. Um, but yeah, this one is is yeah is tough. I I think Cantlin and Shoffley look absolutely you know dead on. I, I think there's a, yeah the reason that they're they're such short odds. I can't remember what it is. Is it, is it eleven to four there? Eleven to four. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's yeah it's it, it there's a reason good reason for that but um nah it's it's uh gonna stay away from it um so i think i'll go with um guys playing very well seven top tens this season and another consistent guy so t gala um and justin sue um at 20 to 1 uh t gala obviously great performance last week um and a very solid showing at the masters as well and he won that QB shootout as well back in December, um, which was also another team one. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I he was with Tom Hoagie for that, but yeah, I like the like the look of this, and I think Justin Sue was was kind of around top ten. I think he's eleventh here like two years ago when he played in it, so he he's got a small bit of form as well. Um, Antigala is just just ready to 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 win. He he looks like a man who's. Who's just gonna like his short game is is unbelievable. Um, his I think T the Green can be a bit shaky, but yeah. Um, Justin Sue T Gala, um, is me. What about you, Con? 
No, you, you, you're a bollocks. That, I was thinking I was going to be a good little outsider going to Gala and Justin Sue as well. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's both well for me, given your, your track record. <laughs> yeah, top three last week with Xander, baby. Um, I Yeah, I mean, Shoffle and Cantley uh, are definitely going to be in the mix. But this is an interesting one because you can see uh, people going low, especially in a four-ball. The standard of golf on the PGA Tour, they're so good that, like, in a four-ball format, a random group from down the field could absolutely shoot, like, 12 or 13 under par uh, if one of them gets hot with, with the putter. Um, but I do think Shufflin and Cantley will be right up there, but the price is 11-4, it's a joke. So the other one that I was kind of looking at was Kiriyama and uh, Montgomery, I think it's Taylor Montgomery. Um, but Tagala is on such a good buzz at the moment. That um, performance at the Masters, he was loving the whole occasion. He just seems to be in a great uh, frame of mind, which is perfect for the likes of this. Good, friendly kind of atmosphere. Justin Sue is going pretty well as well this year. Didn't have a brilliant week last week. I think he he um, was like he made the cut uh, in Harbour Town, but didn't do anything great. But he is having a solid season. So I'm gonna back Joe, and I'm going to Gala and Justin Sue, and uh, the boys are gonna bring it home. You're not uh, so, you're not gonna not gonna back someone from Live, no. No, actually, I haven't even considered backing someone from Live. Well, it's impossible because no. a fucking lad we've never heard of is probably going to win it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I presume they're. Well, of course, you could do, get odds for the Live thing. Yeah, I don't know. No, I hadn't I even. Cam, Cam Smith is the favorite at nine to one. Um, is he? Kepka's up there as well, and then it's just lucky dip after that, really. Yeah, like obviously Kepka is playing well, but he's not going to give a shit, and. Yeah. Uh, Cam Smith. Cam Smith could do all right, but no, I'm going to stay away from Liv. Um, and I'm going with Tagala and Justin Sue. And then I'm going to have a great buzz at Liv. Hopefully, have a few points and uh, see if I can stick a microphone in front of Greg Norman. Uh, any closing thoughts, boys, before we wrap it up? No, it'd be, it'd be a great buzz if Fitz went back to back with his brother, wouldn't it? Um, that would be cool. Alex. Because Alex would get a two-year exemption on the PGA Tour and get into the PGA Championship as well. So Shit. I'd be all for that yeah. result as well if that was to happen. That's wow. good. Angle. Didn't think about that. Yeah. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. So like Matt Fitz is potentially doing his brother a big favor by by playing in this thing. Mm. He probably doesn't want to play, but he's just looking at it from his brother's perspective. Is there, um, is there time to time to change picks now? <laughs> I can't. Well, Alex Fitz is a good player. He's he's nah, uh, He's I know he's he's solid, but he's just yeah that that kind of uh, where you might see some lads going in taking it as like a, nearly a week off and a chance to earn a half million quid. Like that's a totally different mindset they're going into it then with absolute kind of not killer mentality for a for a better ball event, but like there's actually something at stake. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see what happens. But look, I'll report back next week after Live Adelaide. Can't wait. Um, we'll uh, we'll hopefully get a. A few nuggets on the course, caught on Instagram over the over the weekend as well. Yeah, caught on the course. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cheers, boys. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to another week of Unplayable. We will catch you next week.